The message you're about to hear is a production of the Word and Sound Ministry of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Throne of Grace, Richmond Hill. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. God bless you as you listen to the transforming and inspiring Word of God. Um, let's open, let open our scriptures. I'd like us to take one or two prayer points. Luke chapter 24 and verse 44. Father, we thank you. What a time in your presence this morning. Luke 24, 44. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me. In the Lord of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. In verse 45, then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. Have you ever wondered why people read the Bible and they don't understand? Their minds are closed. This month we've been, for those who have been connecting with us in Sunday school, I mean in the digging deep, you know, we've been talking about the word of God. Here it says, he opened their eyes. I'd like you to lift up your voice and talk to God this morning. Wherever you are, you're going to say, Lord, open my eyes. Open my eyes. Unlock spiritual things. Grant me spiritual understanding. In the mighty name of Jesus, lift up your voice. Whether you're watching online, whether you're hearing person, lift up your voice. Let your word do me good. Let your word transform my life. Let your word quicken me. Let your word change me. Let your word transform me. Let your word empower me. Let your word bring about creative miracles in my life. Lord, open my eyes. Unveil. Unveil. Help me to understand scriptures in the mighty name of Jesus. I just don't want to be a hearer of the word only. I don't just want to read the word without understanding. But Father, help me, oh God, to catch a glimpse of an understanding of what your word says about life. Of what your word says about my life. About what your word says about my future. Lord, give me understanding from scripture. In the mighty name of Jesus, open my eyes, oh God. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. The second prayer point I'd like us to take this morning before we go into the word. The Bible says in Psalms 119 and verse 18. Now, I'd like every one of us to echo it back. You know, one of the things that we learned on Friday is that you have to do what? Memorize the word for those who were there. Now, Psalms 119 is a very popular scripture. It says, Open my eyes, O Lord, that I might behold wondrous things. That's what some scripture says. But you see, the Passion Translation puts it this way Open my eyes to see the miracle wonders hidden in scriptures. 
That means every situation in your life, there are miracle wonders. So you're going to lift up your voice. Father, open my eyes. Open my eyes. Help me to see the wonders in your world. Open my eyes. Help me to see the wonders that will change my situation. Open my eyes. Help me to see the wonders that would unlock great and mighty things concerning my life. Oh, open my eyes, oh God Almighty. Everywhere that I've been veils of darkness. Everywhere, oh God, I've not been able to conceptualize, understand the things that make for life and godliness. Open my eyes. Oh, that I may behold wondrous things, wonders out of your law, wonders that will change my situation, wonders that will change your church, wonders that will change our lives, change our family, change everything concerning us. We receive open eyes. We receive open eyes. Let every veil, let it be open, oh God. Let it be open. Let every veil blocking our vision and understanding of scriptures be lifted up. We give you thanks. We give you praise. We give you thanks and we give you praise. We give you thanks and we give you praise. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Accept our thanks and our praise. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Tell somebody around you who is seated by your left or seated by your right or somebody who is watching with you online or you put it out there in the chat room, God will open my eyes and I will see wonders from his word. My eyes are open. Your eyes will be open. I will see wonders from his word in the mighty name of Jesus. I'd like you to jam your hands together once more as you take your seats. Fragrance of life, the Lord bless you. You are going places to nations of the world. Your voice will be heard all over the nations of the world as a testimony of God's goodness and of God's faithfulness to reach out to lives and change lives in Jesus' name. You know, the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord do what? Say so. That's what the scripture says. So let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So there must be something you're saying about people, about yourself. And the more you say it, the more it takes roots and finds affirmation. That's not what I'm talking about this morning. But um, those of you who don't come to Sunday school, I'd like to encourage you. You need to be a part of Sunday school. F 30 minutes or 45 minutes of word expression or sharing in the course of a service is not enough to make you grounded and rooted. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 says, study to show yourself approved. There's, there's a need for studying. There's a need for studying. There's a need for studying to show yourself approved. And one way is to be in the part of Sunday school. That's one way, to be a part of Sunday school. Sunday school starts by 9.15 and it just runs to 9.45. And just in case you're on the road coming, you know, you can connect through Zoom the services on Zoom so you can connect to our Zoom platform and just in case you are watching online they will put out the Zoom platform on the line so you can connect through Zoom and part, be a part of the Sunday school it will sure be a blessing to your life in the mighty name of Jesus 
I think one more thing that I probably need to talk about before I close is people who have not gone through baptism by immersion were trusting God by the special grace of God that by the end or towards the end of July, we're going to have baptism. There are some people who have gone through some classes before, you know, during the COVID era that we need to baptize. And then if you want to be a part of that baptismal process, I'd like you to see Pastor Fidelia or be, see Pastor um, Dikin Muiwa at the end of service. And they just put down your name and, and they walk you through what is expected. Uh, and the Lord will help us all in Jesus' name. Understanding God's words. Understanding God's word. Father, once more again, we ask that God you give us insight into your word. Let your word change, challenge, transform, quicken, and empower us. Let the life in your word, the power in your word, the sharpness of your word, cut through our hearts, bring forth results that will change our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Who has a Bible, a real hard copy Bible here? Let me see. Yeah, can I? See? Yes, ma. Yeah, let me have it. Thank you. I'm taking it home. I forgot my copy when I was coming. Actually, we're going to take a copy when I was coming. What do you think this book is? I didn't want to take my phone because if I say, what do you think this? I can't say this book. I will say, what do you think this? <laughs> what do you think this is? Those of you who are watching online, what do you think this is? You see, the truth about God's word is that many people think that this is just an ordinary book. Many people think that this is just a collection of writings of people. I've spoken to people before and they say, oh, I think it's just some you know, few men who just scrambled things down, you know, out of hallucination. And uh, this came about. Some will say, do you really believe the, the writings of this thing? Do you really believe it? Friends, loaded in this book, whether you are having it in a digital copy form or you are having it electronically or you are having it in an old-fashioned way of having a book. In my home, I have my own where there's a difference between when you are reading the thing from either the iPad or you're reading it from the phone and as you are reading it, something is jumping at you. There's a difference. But in this book is the instructions of life. In this book is the manual of life. In this book, it tells you about your future and your future prospects. Can you imagine what, this, what life would be like without this book? I don't know about you, but I know what my own life would be like. Oh, for sure, I know what my own life would be like. 
The reason why many people give up to life or about life is because there's no, nothing to hope for or to look forward to from the context of life. Nothing. So the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, thank you, Timmy. Timmy. Thank you very much. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. He said, all scriptures is God. Well, all scriptures is God. Bread. And it's useful. Some translation says it's profitable. Profitable. In other words, how much profit you want to gain from scriptures depends on you. You know, Pastor Kachu was talking earlier on that what profit are you, have you come for? You're profiting. How useful the book is, the Bible is. It's not a function about the person sitting by your side who looks wonderfully, fearfully made. Either with a good headgear or with very good makeup, very, very wonderful suit. It's not a function of that person. How you profit from the world is a function of what you are ready and how you value the scriptures. Friends, the Bible is an inspired word of God. Inspired. It is better than any book you can ever think about. Better than any. Better than any. I don't know how many of us read, read a book, at least one or two books a, a month or in two months. If you read at least a, a book or so in a month or two, can I see your hand? One or two. Okay. Very few hands. Okay, you read half a month. <laughs> you know, there's a saying that says that hide... If you want to hide something from some people, <laughs> put it in a book. Put it in a book. A story was told of a woman who had some good words and she was about to die. And she sold everything she had. Sold everything. She had just one son. After she finished selling everything, she put the secret of how it is that this guy can get the resources that she just sold into the Bible, wrapped it up as a gift, and then they said he willed it and said, okay, this is the only gift you have. Now when the funeral was finished, this young man took the, at this point in time, this guy had not given his life to Christ. He took the gift, opened it, and he saw that it was the Bible and flew it to the side. We're talking about real gift. You are giving me Bible. What is there? What is? Then of course life happens, and every single one of us, one way or the other, whether you are watching online or whether you are here in person, life will happen that will either draw you, drive you to God, or drive you out of God or away from God. Life will always happen because life happened for this young man, and one day he said, "Let me even look at the book that my mom gave to me." Opened the book and realized that not only was the wordings enriching, the instructions that will solve all his problems were there. 
And of course, he gained access to all the wealth that the mom left. Friends, every wealth you are looking for is in this book. Life you are looking for is here. Power, if you desire it, is here. The, the weight of glory you want to experience is here. A great future is here. Everything is loaded in this book. And the Bible makes us to understand that the Bible itself is what God's word. The Bible says in John chapter 1 verse 1, it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was what was God. Was God. In other words, the Bible itself is God. That is why it's called the breath of God. That's why it's called the bread of God. It's filled with the wonders of God. The only way you can understand God in his fullness. So look at him from the Bible. Look at him from his word. Look at him from his word. That is why the scripture says, which is our theme for the month, that the Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, it says, for the word of God is alive. It says it is active. Say it is sharper than any two-edged sword. Friends, this book called the Bible is the word of God. And there are three dimensions of it. I'll just quickly run through two or three of them as time will permit us. He says it is a living word. It's alive. It's alive. In other words, when you say that the Bible is alive, it means that it is relevant for all times and all seasons. It is never obsolete. Have you bought an iPhone or an Android phone before? And then very soon, the things keep recalculating. Or they say software update, keep updating and updating, and then very soon the thing refuses to update. <laughs> you know, I had a phone once, and, and I said, I've, I'm tired of donating money to Apple. And I said, I'm going to rock this phone till it dies. But the other thing of it is that the people in the world, they know how to <laughs> make sure that you come back to them. So this phone, they kept upgrading, upgrading, and upgrading, and I refused to, but the, the software kept, at some point, they said, the next software we're making, <laughs> this phone cannot carry it. Obsolete. Obsolete. Friends, Everything in life is subject to corruption. But the only thing in life that is not subject to corruption, that is alive living, is the word of God. Relevant for all times. Relevant for all seasons. This book has been written over 2,000 years ago. And it was written within a span of 1,500 years. In other words, from the start of the first book that was written, put together. Mind you, the Bible is not in chronological order. The, the first book that was written was not Genesis. How many people know that? It's not Genesis. Job is the first book that was written. Oh, some of you don't know. Job was the first book. So, from, so, assume, assume year one is when they wrote Job, Job was inspired to be written. It took 1,500 years to write the remaining texts of scriptures over that span of time. 
and written by 40 different people. Not one man. Some religions, one man just sit down and say, I'm inspired and starts writing. And guess what? Each of the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, they tie up together. That tells you, friends, that this is God revealing his mind for a time and a generation. And guess what? When this book was written, nobody knew anything about science. The Bible said at the time when it was written, several thousands of years ago, that God sits upon the circles of the earth. For a long time, people were thinking the earth was flat. But the reason why this famous man that decided to tour the world to see whether he was going to fall off the cliff, um, who knows his name? What are you guys reading? <laughs> this world is alive for us, citizens, friends. This book cannot be corrupted. It is valid for all times. It remains relevant for all times. Guess what? God knew several years ago that some people, there will be a time where people will be tattooing their bodies. And he says, that shall now tattoo your body. There are so many things in scriptures that God has spoken about. Why? Because he knew that, that, that a, a time is going to come where people will give up the, 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 the essence of life and say, no, 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 we, we don't believe that um, 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 marriage should be between a man and a, a woman. So God said, uh, long before then, that marriage is honorable and the bed undefiled. It can only be between a man and a woman. It's not me who said this, it's God. So those of you who are listening to me now feel, oh, pastor, is, it is not me, it's God. And friends, I believe everything he says. Can you imagine if, for instance, it is me and Brother Emeka from the beginning? How will uh, my lovely daughter come out? Friends, it's living for all times. Living for all times. Living for all times. At some point in time in history, people felt that the world was, was being held up by pillars. The Egyptians who were the at the point, at some point, you know, in life where the, the center of civilization felt that the earth was hanging on pillars. Some said it was four pillars. Some said it was, you know, five pillars. But the Bible says, God said that God hangs the earth out of nothing. It took science just recently to know that, look, the earth is sustained in the air. That tells you, friends, how living this book is. 2000, that's what the scripture says, that the word of God remains forever. Even when we have finished our life here, this word will still be true. It says, not a word of faith shall pass away. It is active, it is living, it is for sure. Not only is it living, you know, it gives life in itself. It's life. Produces life. Life that changes. Life that transforms. Life that quickens. Not only is this living. The second aspect of it, it says that this, this word is active. Active. Some translation says it is what? It is powerful. It is powerful. It is powerful. And friends, if there's any word that is powerful, this book called the Bible is powerful. Powerful. <laughs> Uh, uh, the irony of it is that some people use it for magic. 
That is because of the raw power that is in it. Some people use it as magic. But we've got to use it productively. I think I've shared the story before of how they caught a thief using the Bible in my, when I was in school. But let me save the story for another day. <laughs> the book is powerful. And there are different dimensions of power we can find in the scriptures. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 4, so where the word of a king is, there is power. In other words, the power of God is made manifest in his word. That is why you find creative power from the world. Creative power. Creative power. It says all things were made through him, which is the word. And without him, without the word, nothing was made that was made. Nothing. Nothing. A centurion man in Matthew chapter 8 verse 8 wanted a creative work in the life of his servant. And he said to Jesus, please, my, my servant is sick. Can you do something about him? Jesus Christ said, Christ said okay, I'm coming. <laughs> But you see, this man understood the power of the word. And he said, I don't want you to come. And in Matthew chapter 8, verse 8, he says, just say the word. Just say the word. Just say the word. Because he understood the creative power in the word. And friends, every time you say the word, you know what? You're activating the power of God into your circumstances. That's what the Bible says in Romans chapter 4, verse 17. And it says in that scripture, it says, He calls those things that be not as though they were. In other words, if He was not existing, speaking in thought brings it to life. That's why I see somebody's life changing. As you activate the use of the word in the mighty name of Jesus. You cause those things that be not. In other words, if you want to see the creative power of God, what do you do? Call those things that be not. Why? The word of God is God himself. So when you activate the use of that word, you know what? You get the results of God. Get the results of God. Get the results of God. You get the results of God. You say the word. You say the word. And every now and then, life will speak to you. You know, we read through this scripture and there's a place where Jesus Christ, the Bible says that Jesus Christ was passing and this fig tree spoke to him. Life will speak to you. Things will speak to you. The devil will say to you, oh, you know, you are, you are failed though. You've been toiling and laboring and look at nothing to show for it. But what do you do? Do you begin to cry? Hey, and this is true. Can you just imagine? I came to this country now 20 years and I'm still struggling. Life will speak to you, but what do you do? Speak back to life. Speak back. Speak back. Call those things that be not as though they were. Call it forth. Call it forth. Call it forth. Call it forth. Say, no, I'm not a failure. Why greater is he that is in me than he, than he that is in the world? No, I'm not a failure. I'm like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in due season. No, I'm not a failure. Eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. It's just but a matter of time. And the revelation of the fullness of what God is doing in my life will come to pass. Call it forth. That's creative power. That's creative power. Not only does he have creative power as, as, as a powerful tool, he has transforming power. 
Oh, I've never seen any book that transforms life like this. Many of you watching online and watching in here in person are products of the transforming hand of God, the transforming power of God. Some of us knew where we were before we had an encounter with God. We knew where we were. But if you look at stories in scripture, you see men and women that God changed their lives. Lives of harlots, lives of murderers, lives of drunkards, lives of people with one form of addiction or the other. That is what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 8. It says, All we, all we with veiled face. He said, as we behold in the mirror the word, the glory of the word of God. So what do we say? We are transformed. That is why friends never write off anyone. Never. Because you never can tell what that person can become. Tell somebody you, can, you never can tell what I'm going to become. You never can tell. Never write me off. Because you never can tell. You never can tell. That's true. You never can tell. You never can tell. Never can tell. Just give me some time. Just give me some time. And you'll be amazed what this God can do with me. Be amazed what this God. May God do a quick walk in your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. Not only is it a transform, it has transforming power, but it has defensive power. And I like this a lot. Defense. Defensive power. We live in a wicked world. Bible says that the habitations of the earth is filled with cruelty. We live in a wicked world. And that is why sometimes, you know, some people feel, oh, let me run away from whatever country they run away from. And, uh, oh, in, in that country, in, in, in my village, there's a lot of witches. Lot. Lot. You know, growing up, we used to see how a lot of these women come to Market Square and start confessing. So some, some people say, I will never go to the village. Some of you are looking at me as if you, are, you don't have a, <laughs> you, don't, you don't have some of those kind of people in your own village. Or maybe you, you grew up in Lagos. Or you grew up in uh, Kinshasa. You know, or you, you grew up in the town. But the Bible makes us understand that the whole earth is filled with wickedness. Friends, make no mistakes. The wicked world that we live in is not defined by boundaries. If you run away from the village and you have not made peace or relationship with God, they will follow you to Canada. Oh, yes. <laughs> they follow you. Have you. They told me a story once of one guy who after so many years of laboring and toiling in America, just suddenly woke up. I said, hey, I'm going home. I'm going home. The first said, why are you going? You have not been home for over 20 years. He said, no, I'm going home. He, he packed up his things, locked the house, took a, bought a ticket, flew home, and guess what? I said, the last time I heard the story, the guy had not been able to travel back. Not because he doesn't want to travel back, but somewhere along the line, he heard him. <laughs> 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 there's, there's wickedness everywhere. Look, look, sometimes people feel that oh, there are no witches here. Oh. The other day, they were, I was reading an article how they were floating in uh, Miss Misko. 
Oh, you guys don't know Miss Coca. They were, they, were, they were just, they were doing, and they were, hey, and they were saying that they were witches. Oh, there are black witches, there are white witches. Every territory, they operate wickedness. But friends, the defense you have over the demonic spirits of this world is the word of God. That's the defense you have. It's not being afraid of them. If, if you're afraid of them, they will make you a mean smith. But what makes the difference, the Bible says that when Jesus had to confront Satan himself, which is the head of all principalities, what did he say? He said, it is written. In other words, you've got to have something in you to confront the devil. You've got to have something in you. Remember several years ago when I was in high school, in our class, all boys school, in class one morning and some people started complaining. I said, ah, some guys here are wicked though. Say, ah. They punish students in the daytime and they beat them at night. Because I was at A level then. So they punish juniors at daytime. In the in nighttime, they go and beat them. Somebody speaks to you in a way you don't like in the daytime. At night, we'll see. So they were beating, they were beating guys. I said, when you say beat, when they open their body, you see raw marks. Like I see they fought with the leopard or lion or whatever it is. All scratches. So I, 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 by that time, by the special grace of God, I've had privilege of knowing God. And I stood up in the class and I said, you guys that are beating people in this class, you've got, got to be careful. Because you know the kind of people you can beat. I don't know what, where the boldness came from. But I know it must have been from above. But, but, but lo and behold, to tell you how wicked those world is. At night, they came. Those of you who they are beating before. I know some of you, they are beating you before. So, <laughs> it, it comes with a paralyzing force. That paralyzes you like a cold breeze. And you can't move anywhere. You, you are trying to shout, your voice does not go out of your mouth. You want to turn your hand, everything is stiff as if something is holding you down. The only thing I could remember, because friends listen and listening closely, there's a power that's at work in us that is greater than any other thing. Your mouth may not be able to move, but the spirit in you is the candle of the Lord. It brings forth power. The only thing I could remember is, in the name of Jesus. 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 Suddenly it lifted. To know the intensity of what had happened. I jumped up from the bed. I was like somebody who they poured water over. It was as if I had fought a war for a long time. And I said, ah, is it not just this small thing? How come sweat is all over me? Friends, there are spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. The only way to stop them, it is written. Many of you are afraid of what should be afraid of you. That's not how it's supposed to be. Listen closely. Some of you are walking in places where as you walk in, they know who you are. And the only way is to come in with the word of God. The defensive power of God. When you come in, you say, lift up your heads, all ye guys. Why? The son of God has come into this territory. That is why, friends, there must be something you are carrying that represents the God in you. Makes a difference. I can tell you stories upon stories upon stories. In the business world, how we, we have fought with forces that say you can't make progress. 
Some of you feel that, oh, your promotion is stagnated for nothing. And you think, oh, this is just. But the world is defensive. You take a word and push your way through. One of our pastors was telling me, you know, of, of how in their place of work where he had to push his way through with the world. Defensive. Defensive power. What about enforcing power? And I think I like this very much. As we begin to try to tie this up. Enforcing power. Now apart from defense, defense is where you try to push back the enemy. Or you stand up against him. Or you say, no, you can't take this territory. But you see, enforcing power is what you use to take possession of what God has given to you. And everyone under the sound of my voice, there are things that God has given to you. There's a glorious future that God has given to you. There's a glorious destiny that God has given to you. There's something that God has said about you. The only way you can have them materialize in your life is to use the word to do what? To enforce it. To enforce it. That is why Job, in Job, the Bible says, Job 22 verse 28, it says, you shall decree a thing and it shall be what? Established unto you. And then suddenly out of nowhere, light, we do what we spring forth. We shine upon your pathways. He said, you shall decree a thing. And that is what the scripture says, death and life. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21 is in the power of the tongue. Listen friends, it is with the tongue you enforce the promises of God. With your mouth, with the words. And what words? It's not, it's not, it's not uh, the words you read from means, means and bulls. I don't know means and bulls. Many of us wrote those, they, we read those books long time ago. I don't know what they're reading now. Yeah? They don't read. <laughs> Young people that are listening to me, one of the things that I know that people are reading now, which is a danger, is what they call Harry Potter books. I don't know whether it's just coming to me now. Or maybe you're watching online, or you have children who, so please, mommy, please, I saw my friends reading it, please, can you buy it for me? That's not a book your children should be reading. It's not. Oh, they tell you about metaphysics. Oh, it tells you about things in, in the extra, extraordinary world. It's just a man novel. No. No. No, the Bible says that the, 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 the Satan camouflages himself as an angel of light. You should read things that would give you something here, store up something in you that would teach our children something to use. You, friends, the words that you have is what you use to enforce the promises of God. And you see, the, the thing about God is that it is the words you bring to him that he upholds. He said, bring words to me. The man called Joshua came to a point in his encounter with life and he knew he needed to finish this battle. What did he say? He said, son, stand still. That was words. He, he was putting in place where the word of a king is. There is power. Peter said to the, to the man who was at the gate, he says, silver and gold have I none, but there's something I have. I have words. I have words. And he says, such as I have. Every one of us must have words. 
to counter and enforce our situations. Enforce righteousness. Enforce the plan of God. Enforce the mandate of heaven. Enforce what God has ordained to you, for you. Wake up in the morning and say, Lord, you've given me this land. You've given them to me and my children. You say, wherever the soles of my feet shall tread upon, you've given me for a possession. Therefore, I take possession of the political arena, of the economic base. I take possession. I declare <laughs> things are changing hands. What are you doing? You're speaking things into the realm of power. Speaking things into the realm of power. You know, way, way before I got into leadership level in where I used to live in terms of the workplace, one of my pastors used to say to me, Israel, I have cleared the top for you. And I, I initially started in my mind, I thought he was, a, you know, he was just joking. He would just see me and say, Israel, I've cleared the top for you. I say, Amen, sir. Israel, I've cleared the top for you. Amen. So every time he sees me, he says, Israel, I've cleared the top for you. Then suddenly one day, <laughs> I realized, hey, I better hook into what this guy is prophesying. Because the way the word of God comes is that sometimes it comes prophetically. And I said, hey. So every time I, me, I begin to prophesy, I begin to say, hey, the top has been cleared for me. The top has been cleared for me. So every now and then when he says, I've cleared the top for you, I also do what? I also affirm it. And I say, the top has been cleared for me. And before long, boom. Boom. Friends, words are powerful. You can enforce anything with the words of your mouth. That is why the, the things that anytime life presses you, what, what comes out should not be... Uh, yeah. Mo. Ah. Le. We have various cliches. I don't want to say the, the bad ones. <laughs> uh, and for some of us that are from, from, from some land dialects. Mo. Be. I would say, hey, yam, yo, 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 yam. Maybe some of them, even the, their mom that is uh, dead. They say, I yam, yo. Mam, yo. Bam, yo. <laughs> Namo, for those who are from the other side, you know, friends, that is not what, when life presses you, what should come out? It is written. It is written. Why? Your stomachs must be loaded with the word of God. Must be loaded there. Must be loaded there. The third dimension as I begin to move on to one or two other things is that this word is sharp. It's sharp. Oh, if there's any word that is sharp, it is this word. It is this word. It pierces the heart. It cuts the marrows. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. I think Acts chapter 2 and verse 37, the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, it said, now when they had this, they were cut to the heart. They were cut. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? What shall we do? That is why, friends, the hearing of the word, like a time like this, whether you're watching online or in person, is very, very important. Oh, the, the only thing that can make a man, you know, drop his guard is the word of God because it's sharp. <laughs> I think I've shared this story before. 
You know, one of those days when a man wants to be a man and then maybe the wife has offended him, be thinking, oh, what, what, what can I do to just deal with this woman? So one of those days in my life came, I was just thinking, what, what will I do? What will I do just, just to just show this woman that I'm a man? Okay, okay. Okay, Campbell. Man. So I was planning. Okay. I give this joker. If it doesn't work, I give this joker. Some of you men are looking at me. As if you don't, you also don't plan. Nah, you don't plan. That's what the Bible says that look, the heart of man is deceitful, desperately wicked. We can't know it. So as I was planning, suddenly, what I had is, Life, it was like a, it was like a, 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 the heavens open, and it was revealing and dissecting. I say, ah, and when you see your men now, all the people will be preaching powerful message. Scriptures after scriptures are they jumping at me? Scriptures after scriptures. Then suddenly, I said, Lord, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What if, what if there's nothing to cut through your heart? The word is sharp. Oh, I can't tell you many times that I wanted to do certain things and then suddenly I hear a voice and say, no Israel, you can't do that. It's sharp. I, I can't tell you how many times I, I, somebody had, had, had done something to me and I said, I want to give them a piece of my mind. Well, like many of us want to give people a piece of our mind. Let me just tell them that I'm in a fool. Yes, I have, I have, I have, I first have some good degrees. Graduated from uni. Professional accountant, a fellow of the institute for that matter. I have a second degree. Let me just tell them that I'm a fool. Oh, I've been an MD of an organization. Let me just tell them. They suddenly tell you, oh, when has the wrath of man began to walk the righteousness of God? It drops everything. Drops everything. That is why friends, it, it, it matters who you marry. I don't know why I'm going to that direction. Because the only thing that can correct a man or a woman is the word of God. If you marry somebody that's not a believer, nothing, nothing to checkmate. So the guy will just black and blue, just do whatever he likes, or the woman will just do what he likes. Why? Nothing. Nothing. This word is sharp. Knowing that the word is living, knowing that the word is powerful, knowing that the word is sharp, how do we activate it in our lives? Three things, and I'll take my seats. One of the things to do to activate this power, to activate this living word, to activate this sharp word, is that you must read it. Tell somebody, read it. Tell someone else, read it. Tell someone else, read it. If I'm, sure, I'm sure if I should take a census now, people who read. I check Pew. There's this popular um, company that does surveys of major things in North America called Pew Center. And they said that average, averagely, 23% of people read. 23% read. 
I'm not talking about reading because you want to pass exam. <laughs> so for, the, for some of us, you, 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 you are compelled to because you want to just pass exam. But after exams, oh, glory to God. Glory, 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 glory. Oh, God, oh, thank you. That's not, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about reading as a way of empowering yourself, increasing your base of knowledge. And, and friends, reading the word of God helps you gain valuable knowledge. Not only of the things of God, all of the things of life. Reading gives you knowledge. The knowledge of God and the knowledge of things. Vast dimensions of knowledge. Reading reveals to you the mind and the secret of God. Listen, friends, God likes to hide things. Many of us don't know that. God doesn't just put things on the platter. Maybe he will give it to you if you were a toddler, maybe a baby. But after some time, he wants you to grow up. So he wants you to search it out. That is what the scripture says, that it is the glory of God to do what? To conceal. Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 2. So he hides it. And you know what? He hides it in his book. And I said, let us see what they will do. But it, it is the honor of you and I to do what? To search it out. It is in the place of reading that you search it out. That's why you search it out. You search out the mind of God. You research. You spend time. And you do what? You bring it out. You bring it out. Listen, friends, there are many mysteries in this world. Many mysteries. Many. And that is why it is difficult for a couple of people to understand it. But you search it out. You search it out. Search it out. And friends, when you are reading, don't read the letter. You know what they call the letter? Professors read the letter. Spirit beings, believers, read the spirit of the word. I don't know whether I should say this. But I was going to one school, but I won't call the name of the school. You no. Know, somewhere here in Richmond Hill. And one professor was teaching me one aspect of theology. And by the time we did the first class and did the second class, I knew that this woman was teaching the letter that would kill. Why? Because if somebody is teaching you something and you can't see the spirit of what he's teaching in the person, what are you talking about? And that's why many people are confused and they wonder, how, how can you just say, Jesus, come into my heart, be my Lord and my Savior. How can that bring about salvation? How can? How can you just say, oh, 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 with a heart, a man believes with a mouth, salvation is made unto salvation, I mean, confession is made unto salvation. How can? It, it does not, it does not, it, it does not, it does not just rhyme with human intellects. How can you say you live, the, live by faith? That, that is the way forward. When the stock market is crashing. <laughs> I sent a text message, you know, to a friend in the house. 
I said, boy, what do you do when market is just falling like this? Scripture doesn't live by faith. How, how does it make sense? To say you, you, want, you want blessings financially and it says give. You keep giving. In the morning, so in the afternoon, so in the evening, we told not your hand. And then your back, I say, ah, 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 ah. Even human says, they say. So that's why people come to the point and say, ah, I've given enough job. Because it doesn't make sense. But, but friends, it is not the letter. The Bible says that the letter of the word kills. But the spirit does what? The spirit is what gives life. Second Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 6. The letter kills. The letter kills. The letter kills. So friends, when you read, read with the mind to get the, let, the spirit of the word. In other words, that is why you have to pray and ask God, Lord, please give me inspiration from your word. Give me insight from your word. The reason why many people are destroyed are under challenges is because they lack knowledge from the world. The Bible says that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And the knowledge does not come if you don't read. Some of you are nurses, bankers, accountants, medical professionals. Why? Because you read. You read into the field. You studied and then you got... So if you want to know more about God, you're going to read about Him. You're going to read about Him. You're just going to read about Him. The Bible said that they that know their God, Daniel chapter 11, it said they that know their God shall be strong and they will do what they will do, exploits. Your ability to carry out exploits is in the depths of the knowledge you have. And friends, it comes by reading. It comes by reading. Tell someone by your side. Make up your mind. You're going to read. You're going to read. Now I was telling them on Friday that if you read, if you read the Bible at least one hour a, a day, just one hour, in three months you finish it, you finish the whole Bible. Or if you listen to audio, audio, audio Bible, the version audio Bible, one hour a day, in three months, you finish it. So let's assume you cut it half into half. Let's say 30 minutes. Oh, and 30 minutes, many of us can, can, can watch telly. We can do WhatsApp messaging. We can do video call. We can do 30 minutes. Just 30 minutes more. Just a little 30 minutes. In six, in six months, you finished it. So let's not assume, oh, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. No life is tough. Busy. 15 minutes. You finish it in one year. Do you have an excuse not to read? Do you? We don't. If we really value this book, friends, we don't. If we want the life in this book, we don't. We don't have an excuse. We don't have an excuse. We must pay attention to reading. Because that is where every now and then the life of the world comes alive. comes alive. comes alive. The second thing is that you must memorize the word. Memorize it. When we talked about this, we spoke about this on, on Friday. By the way, I'd like to encourage you to be a part of Friday services. 
and June the 3rd, we're going to be starting in person as well as combine that with online service from June the 3rd next month. Be a part of it. Why? It builds it. It builds you up. There's a very, very popular scripture that I have learned and I've learned it by heart for several years now. And I guess that many of us know, we know that scripture. And it, 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 that gives us an understanding of what God wants us to do with scripture. He wants us to memorize it. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. Joshua chapter 1. How many people know it by heart? Number of us don't know it. It's a common scripture. He said, it must not depart out of your mouth. So if, if you don't know it, that means you need to wake up. You need to really, really wake up. He said, this book of the law shall not what? It shall not depart out of your mouth. It shall not depart, but you shall do what? Meditate. Next Sunday by the special grace of God, we're going to be hearing about meditation. Meditate on the word. Meditate on the word. It says so that you can do what? So that you may, and then it said, meditate day and night. So those of you who just say, oh, 15 minutes, the Bible says day and night. Day. So you're meditating day. But you see, you can't meditate on what you have not stored up. What you've not read. So, so that you can observe to do according to all that is written therein. Now look at the joker. Look at the joker there. You know, when you play this game, what they call what? That last one. You're just holding it. The last card. I just slam it. I say, wow, you've won. Everything in life we are looking for is, is in there. So, so that you can make your way prosperous and you can have what? Not just success, but good success. And what is the condition? This book must not depart out of your mouth. How can it not depart out of your mouth if you are not reading it? How can it not depart out of your mouth if you have not stored it in? In other words, you cram it. <laughs> I know some people don't like the word cram. Okay, you memorize it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> some people don't like the word cram because when they were in school, the teacher would say, Don't cram. Don't cram. Understand it. Understand it. But friends, you're going, to, you're going to commit scriptures into heart. That's memorization. You're going to commit it into heart. In fact, Deuteronomy chapter 11 verse 18 tells us, and I like the way the scripture puts it from verse 18 to 19. It says, therefore you shall lay up these words. Lay it up, lay it up, lay it up. Lay up these words into your way, into your heart. How can you lay it up if you don't cram it? If you don't memorize it, I know some people don't like that word, so okay, let me just stick to memorization. So let memorize it. Those people who were on Friday digging deep, what scripture did you memorize? Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. God bless you, sir. And what was the text? <laughs> I can at least use the first phrase. If you use the first phrase, that is all you need. 
Exactly. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. You see, sometimes when you memorize a text or scripture, it may not be everything that you're going to get at the same time. But you see, when the battles of life come, what may be relevant may be just a phrase that jumps out from your heart into your mind and into your life. So memorize it, friends. Memorize it. Memorize it. Because when you memorize it, you realize that it makes a world of difference. If you look at verse 19, or Deuteronomy chapter 11, it says so that you can teach them to your children. You can speak about them when you sit in your house. You can speak it when you walk by the way. You can speak it when you lie down. You can speak it when you rise up. In other words, when you have scriptures loaded in your heart, what it does for you is that you can observe to do them. You, 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 can, you can observe to do them. Not only that, you can do what? It becomes a resource for you to handle life matters. Resource. Resource. Then of course, you can speak. Speak about them. You use it to teach your children. You use it to speak about things, about life. The greatest battle we fight is not the battle with a physical enemy. The greatest battles we fight in life is not even with Satan as a person. The greatest battles we fight is the battle of the mind. It's the greatest battle we fight. Something tells you, oh, look at you. You are uprooted from your home country. You thought that the grass is greener here. But look at you. Look at you. Look at you. Everyone is making progress. Look at you. Look at you. Oh, in this place, never think that you're going to be able to progress. You're already marginalized by the color of your skin. Look at you. Oh, that headache you're having, it's migraine. It's migraine. Very soon, it's going to blow higher than that. It's going to lead to cancer. Your life is gone. The greatest battle is the battle of the mind. Greatest battle is the battle of the mind. Most times, when the mind, when you, when you are defeated in the mind, it manifests in the physical. I will never forget some years ago. How I was just having this splitting headache somewhere, you know, at the center of my head. And something said to me, that thing that is doing you is what did so so and so. And he called the person a vivid picture of somebody that the same thing happened to. And he ended up going that he went to check out the thing and they said he had a tumor. And at the end of the day, from the tumor, he ended up dying. And they said, hey, you're finished. You're finished. And for a long time, when the time the thing came, he just said, you're finished. And before I knew what was happening, I was beginning to accommodate it. And I was, I was getting a little bit worried. Until one day, I said, the, the laxity, like one of my pastors would say, you permit, you would, would multiply. 
In other words, whatsoever you tolerate in your heart, we do what? We expand. And I said, no. I just screamed, no. I don't have, I don't have, I don't have a tumor. I don't have, it. I don't have anything. I don't have it. I don't have it. Listen, friends, the Bible says that the weapons of our warfare, they are not what? They are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And what does this say? It says, casting down imaginations. The reason why many people are where they are is because of their imagination. The things that the devil has spoken to their minds, you've got to cast it down. No! I can't take this anymore. No. No. Oh, I, I don't care whether my immigration lawyer made a mistake, but I will succeed in this land. I will succeed. Oh, I don't care what the doctor's report says. The scripture says, whose report will I believe? Oh, I will believe the report of the Lord. That is how to take your victory in the place of the word of God. You do what? You speak it. You speak it. You speak it. I shall not die, but live to declare the goodness of God in the land of the living. Oh, bills are piling up and coming left, right, and center. They're writing you with Enbridge is sending letter. You know, Toronto Hydro is sending. CRA is sending. Everybody is sending. And you're looking at the bills and say, no. You, want, you scream out. Say, let the Lord be magnified. Who has pleasure in the prosperity of Israel, his servant. I can never be broke. Even if you don't have the next money to buy the gas, pay for the next gas. Children were telling me the other day, they say, Pastor, oh, sorry, Dad. Say, can't you, can you see the, can you, can you see the pump price? <laughs> Dad, can you please supplement me? Supplement? Who is supplementing me? <laughs> Who is supplementing me? Hey, you got to look up. I will look up to the hills from west comes my help. My help, your help, friends, is not dependent on the economy of Canada. It's dependent where? Above. That is why it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. If you begin to look at the colors of those things, uh, you will die before your time. But you won't die in Jesus' name. You will die. We don't look at these things. We look at what the word of God says and we do what we vocalize it. And the last but not the least, I close at this point. You practice the word. Tell somebody, just do the word. Tell somebody, just do the word. Tell someone else, just do it. If you're watching online, put it out there, just do it. I, I like the phrase, just do it, because it's, it's, it's Nike's logo. And they say that a time comes when all you only go to do is to go play, play golf, wearing Nike shoes. You know? Just do it. Just do it. In other words, this word makes sense. Just do it. If it's the word of God, just do it. You've read it, just do it. You've heard about it, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. It is in the doing of the word. That comes the blessings of life. The doing of the world. The doing of the world. The Bible says in James chapter 1, 22, 25. It says, but be 
doers of the word and not hearers only. Today now we've talked about going, going to read the Bible. We've talked about going to memorize it. Are you going to do it? Are you going to do it? Are you going to make up your mind that look, I'm going to change some things in my life. I've been reading 15 minutes before. I want to now read 30 minutes. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Bible says of Abraham, God said to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, he says, get out of the country. Abraham did not, and mind you, when God said him to get out of the country, that was the center of civilization. He didn't know where he was going to. The Bible says in the next verse, in verse 2, in verse 4, so Abraham departed. Can you imagine if God says, hey, um, hey guys, pack your load and go to Afghanistan from Canada. Huh? Afka. <laughs> Some of you say, uh, Lord, let's begin now. Let's, 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 let's consider this again. Let's consider this again. The Bible says he departed. Departed. Chapter 22, the scripture says, God said to him, Abraham, take your son, your only son, and God qualified it to make him know that, look, I know whom you love. God kill him. Genesis 22, verse 2. The next verse, verse 3, the Bible says, So Abraham rose very early in the morning. He was a doer. You want the blessings of Abraham? Be a doer. Too many of us have excuses why we won't do the world. Oh, we live in North America. It's different here. Different. No way you roam, behave like the Romans. Bible is of all times and of all ages. And it's not a respecter of persons. If you want to get the results, do it. Do it. Do it. Don't make excuses. Oh, 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 you don't know. You don't know my spouse. He, she, he's just so unlovable. She's just so unlovable. Bible says love, whether lovable or not lovable. That's what the Bible says. It's a love. It's a love. Give. That's what the scripture says. God told us to give. It's not a function of your circumstance, whether you have or not. Say give. He said, serve. He said, obey the word. He said, pray without ceasing. He didn't say pray sometimes. All the time. Will you do the word? Will you do the word? Will you do the word? Friends. Doing the word is not an easy thing. But it's a commitment we make because we, want to, we love God. I want to serve him. In other words, you're going to make up your mind. I'm going to do it all the same. I'm going to do it all the same. I'm going to do it all the same. In closing, there is no way the word will make a meaning in your life if Jesus is not the Lord of your life. There's no way. Maybe living, maybe active, Maybe sharp. But what gives us a revelation from the word is salvation. So Jesus must be the Lord of your life. Maybe you're watching online and you, 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 don't, you don't have a clue as to what it is we're talking about. It just simply means say to God, I recognize my helplessness. I need you to help me. Come into my heart. Change my life. That is how a couple of us 
found Christ and our lives have never been the same again. I'll never forget so many years ago. I had an opportunity like this. My life was not what I wanted it to be. There were a lot of struggles in my life. Areas in my life where I was struggling and I knew I couldn't help myself. Maybe you're listening to me right now and there are areas where you can't help yourself. Jesus can help you. Just say to him, Lord, come into my heart. So bow our heads to pray. I'd like you to talk to God. Say, Jesus, come into my heart today. Save me. Deliver me. Change me. Transform me. And those of you who are born again, I'd like you to lift up your voice. Say, Lord, help me to obey your word, to do your word. I receive strength to do your word. I receive strength to do your word. I receive strength. I receive ability to do your word. I receive the grace to do your word. I receive the ability to do your word. Lift up your voice and talk to God. I receive the grace today. I receive the ability today. In the mighty name of Jesus. Every veil, everything not helping me to do your word as I ought. Lord, I destroy it today in my life. I destroy every veil that blinds anyone in my household. I destroy every veil that blinds anyone in your church. I destroy every veil in the mighty name of Jesus, hindering us from living a life in your world, from doing your word. We receive grace, oh God, to do your word. We receive that grace today in the mighty name of Jesus. One more time, stand to your feet. I'd like you to pray for the person next to you without holding, without holding their hands. I'd like you to pray for the person next to you. You're going to ask God, please strengthen my brother or my sister. Strengthen them to read your word, to memorize your word, to live your word. Strengthen them in the mighty name of Jesus. We receive strength from on high, an unusual ability, Lord, to read your word, unusual grace, unusual dimension of strength, unusual dimension of desire and interest, Lord, to study your word. We receive it today, Lord, like never before. We receive grace, we receive strength. You said, you said by you, through you, we can do all things. We receive strength from on high, strength from on high, strength from on high. We receive it today. We receive it today. We receive it today. We receive it today. And so, Father, we thank you. Lord, I lift up everyone under the sound of my voice, whether watching online or whether here in person. The grace to do your word, we receive today in the mighty name of Jesus. The grace to live by your word, we receive today in the name of Jesus. The grace to encounter the creative power in your word. We receive today in the mighty name of Jesus. The grace to encounter the enforcing power in your word. We receive today in the mighty name of Jesus. By that same token, therefore, everything in our lives not lining up together. We command, may they begin to line up together in the mighty name of Jesus. It is written, the lies have fallen unto us in pleasant places. Everything out of joint, out of alignment in our lives, we command them fall in pleasant places in the name of Jesus. We declare and decree in this land where God has planted us, we increase in leaps and in bounds. We flourish 
like the cedar of Lebanon, like trees planted by the rivers of water. In the mighty name of Jesus, we declare the ceiling is broken over every life in this land. In the mighty name of Jesus, we take possession of gifts in the land. Our seed shall be Jesus. We fulfill the ordinances and the purpose and the counsel of God for us as a people in this land. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Blessed be your holy name. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. And the people said... Thank you for listening to today's word and we believe you have been blessed. For further information, please visit our website at www.throneofgracecanada.ca or send us an email to info at throneofgracecanada.ca The word works. Throne of Grace. Transforming lives. Establishing His kingdom.